0: During this chat that Elon Musk had with uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin at the New York Times' Deal Book Summit conference yesterday, um, the issue came up of the advertiser boycott. You've probably seen that. I played the audio clip in the first hour, and this is the the line that's getting all of the attention because he told these companies that were like, we didn't like what you tweeted. We're going to boycott your platform. We don't feel safe. And so he said, you know what? um go perform and act on yourself that's that's like anatomically not possible uh it's what he told him he said i'm not gonna be blackmailed i i posted a tweet he has apologized for it because he didn't realize apparently what all was um w- what the undercurrent or the um uh, what the background of this of this uh tweet that he responded to was all about uh, but he does explain himself and i'm going to let him explain it to you in his own words but Um, the, the story goes back to, um, a tweet that went out earlier in the month, uh, a couple weeks ago, and said, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred, dialectical is, uh, uh, that's Marxist speak, Marxism speak, um, the dialectic, as they call it, um. It, it, it's just dialogue, it's just a rhetoric, okay? So, like, this dialectic um, hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them, okay? So that was, that was the, the tweet that Musk saw and responded to. He said, You have said the actual truth. I am deeply offended by the Anti-Defamation League's messaging and any other group's who push de facto anti-white racism or anti-Asian racism or racism of any kind. So he has been fighting with the Anti-Defamation League uh, for a while now. He's threatened to sue them over um, uh, their reports about all the hate speech on, on Twitter and all of this. The ADL's CEO, Jonathan Greenblatt, uh, he attacked Musk said that musk was endorsing this anti-semitic conspiracy and you know we have all of this anti-semitism on the rise it's exploding in america and uh, and now he's you know adding to it because musk also then said everyone is allowed to be proud of their race except for white people because we've been brainwashed into believing that our history was somehow worse than other races this false narrative must die and Musk said, "This is super messed up. Time for this nonsense to end and shame anyone who perpetuates these lies." What is he arguing for? Right? He's arguing for an equal standard, a consistently applied standard of equality, right? Of 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 colorblindness. Frankly, I don't understand like th- this idea that people are proud of their race. Like, you, you had nothing to do with that. I'm not saying people should be ashamed of their race. Quite the opposite, you know. Just You are what you are. Everybody is what they are. They are what they are. You are what you are. I am what I am. We didn't have anything to do with it. This is why you don't judge people based on these immutable characteristics. We didn't have any choice in the matter. Um, And so now you're going to attack people based on something they had no control over. Literally no control over. So, uh, that to me is what he is saying. But I understand how that sounds. Because the, the Marxists have done a very good job of smearing people as all sorts of isms and ists, uh, when um, whenever you w- whenever they don't want to engage in the debate, right? They will attack you as a promoter of an ism, smear you uh, with the appropriate, you know, uh, uh, tag. You know, you're racist, you're homophobe, or Islam- uh, Islamophobe, or xenophobe, or whatever, and and then it shuts down the debate because now you, because I don't want to be called these terrible words. And he's pointing out something that, by the way, has been noticed for a very, very, very long time. That if we are, if we are advancing, if we, if the whole point when I was growing up was to advance to an equal, um, colorblind society, where people are not judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character, if that's the society that we are trying to advance towards, and I thought we were. Again, I was born. Uh, grew up in the 80s and 90s, and uh, back then it was the United Colors of Benetton uh, uh, generation, where this was like this is everything that the that the hippie boomers fought for. This is what they wanted. So then we watched all of their made for TV movies, all of their TV shows, all of their movies, listened to all of their music about how this was the world to be created. And somewhere along the line, like within the last 10, 15 years or so, everything just kind of went sideways, and. Uh, now you've got people that are like, well, wait a minute, I thought we were all trying to go towards this goal, and now we've been derailed into some other goal, which is, no, 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 we have to hyperfocus on these things now. And we have to hold people collectively guilty for sins of people that lived hundreds of years before and have zero relationship to me or you or anybody alive today. We didn't do those things. They, people back then did those things. And what do we hear? Which is kind of ironic. Like during the uh, this uh, Israel-Hamas uh, war, we're hearing people of the left. We're hearing the collectivists, the Marxists, and they're saying, and the Islamists, they're saying, uh, no collective punishment against the people of Gaza, against Palestinians for the sins committed by Hamas. If we can really even call them sins, we're not really sure. Do you have any actual evidence that they killed all those people? But anyway. Um, that's that's been their position no collective punishment. Yet in in our society that is precisely what they are advocating. And this is precisely what Musk is pushing back against. But this is what raised all of the all of the furor, no pun intended, raised all of the commotion and it prompted Disney to say we're not going to advertise on Twitter anymore. We, we we don't know if it's a safe space for us. Yeah. So, the um, the tweet then prompts Musk to apologize, uh, and he did so again um, at this event. And I've got the audio clip; it runs about two minutes. So I'll probably, yeah, I'll wait till after the uh, after the break to play it for you. And he explains it pretty well. I thought um, the tweet provoked immediate and strong backlash. Tweets condemning Musk's reply as a white supremacist conspiracy theory poured in while anti-semitic support for him erupted the atlantic uh, publication uh, put out an essay ripping him called elon musk's disturbing truth uh, the watchdog publication media matters why are you quoting media matters it is a hack of an organization it is awful they're terrible people at a trash publication it's a it's a it's a political hack farm masquerading as some sort of news operation um the CEO of, of X, Twitter, um, Linda Yaccarino, posted a tweet that seemed to respond to the controversy, saying, uh, X's point of view has always been very clear that discrimination by everyone should stop across the board. I think that's something we can and should all agree on. When it comes to this platform, X has also been extremely clear about our efforts to combat anti-Semitism and discrimination. There's no place for it anywhere in the world. It's ugly and wrong, full stop. So... Uh, here is Elon Musk's response to uh, the uh, the hullabaloo uh, over the, uh, the tweet that he made that people said, that's anti-Semitism. All uh,
1: well, the posts uh, I've done on the platform, I think there might be 30,000 or something like that. Right. Once in a while, I'll say something foolish. And I have. And I would certainly put uh, that comment... Um, as you said, the actual truth uh, among perhaps one of the most foolish, if not the most foolish thing I've ever done on the platform. Um, And I I did do my best to clarify uh, afterwards that, uh, you know, I I certainly don't mean anything anti-Semitic in that. Um, The the nature of the criticism was simply that um, the Jewish people have been persecuted for thousands of years. There is a natural affinity, therefore, Uh, for persecuted groups. Um, This has led to the funding of organizations that uh, essentially promote any persecuted group or any group with the perception of persecution. This includes radical Islamic groups. Everyone here has seen the the, the massive demonstrations Mm -hmm. for Hamas in every major city in the West. That should be jarring well a a, a number of those organizations received funding from prominent people in the Jewish community they didn't expect that to happen it it, but but if you generically without condition uh, sort of fund if you if you fund persecuted groups in general some of those persecuted groups, unfortunately, want your annihilation. And what, I'm, what I meant by that, mm. when I subsequently clarified, is, is that it's unwise to, to, to fund organizations that support groups that want your annihilation. Mm. Is this coming across? Yeah. Really? Yeah, no, it point? is. My, my question to you, though, I, I is, think is logically this is, makes a lot of sense. Is there any part of you? I mean, just tell me what happens, <laughs> though, when once all this happens. Let's say you fund a group, and that group supports Hamas, right. who wants you to die. Perhaps you should not fund them.
0: Right? <laughs> but you, but you do. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, look at that. Listen to how few people clapped. What did he just say? People have, what is he talking about? He's talking about the oppressor-oppressed paradigm, this dialectic. He's he's talking about this prism that leftism, Marxism, puts everybody through. And so when you have this affinity, this preference, or, you know, you're rooting for the underdog, the oppressed, that persecuted group, even if they're not actually persecuted, they just have the perception of being persecuted— or you've been told they are, and so you believe they are. You you view everything through the Marxist power dynamic, and so you support them. Even though they actually want you dead. By the way, in the, um, uh, uh, the intersectional relationship between Marxists and Islamists, uh, just a heads up on that, if you want to know how that turns out, go take a look at the Uyghurs in... Um, in China not exactly their biggest fans you know all right uh, Ralph welcome to the program hey Ralph Ralph no oh, Ralph oh goodness it's like I can hear him uh, he's not there Oh, it's too bad that's just too bad that's nah, all right um, yeah it's all right so I got a, me- a message here from uh, Jan who says Pete I am proud of my race one of them anyway uh a drag race on my motorcycle back when i was young and stupid i thought i was invincible uh it's amazing how often those words go together when discussing human males younger than 25 that's true so congratulations on you, you that okay fine you can be proud of that race um I, I i i did a race although it was more of a walk um they told us we could just sign up this was back in college they told us uh for like a uh, like this uh inter-greek olympics or something like i was in a fraternity and so they had all the fraternities you had to like get participation one of them was like a 5k and i said i'm not running a 5k and and they said oh you just got to sign up for it and start the race that's what they told us so i showed up i'm wearing jeans i got a uh a sack of biscuits from uh hardy's and um i'm out there smoking a cigarette and uh they're like all right uh uh, new new rule now you actually have to you, you gotta you gotta run the race you gotta finish the race i was pretty upset but I finished it while eating a biscuit, smoking cigarettes. I did the whole 5K, and uh, that I was proud of that race. I mean, not for the reasons... I mean, I, I mean, I was proud of that, like, without any kind of training whatsoever, I completed it. I didn't run it. Obviously, I walked it, but maybe proud's not the right word for that. Um, all right, so on the, uh, the anti-Semitism front, well, a couple of things. There are some developments here. Um, so first off, we have a ceasefire, right, while they're exchanging some of the... Uh, uh, the, the prisoners for the kidnapped hostages, while the Israelis are giving up uh, prisoners, they're getting back women and children uh, that were uh, that were abducted and kept in some pretty horrible conditions for the last fifty days, uh, suffering you know, traumas and such. Um, and by the way, we are not hearing I, I've been reading some of the uh, some of the accounts, but there's a lot of stuff that is not being put out. Um, and a lot of the released hostages, uh, are not speaking publicly about a lot of the details because they still have family members being held and they're afraid that if they talk about what they actually experienced, those family members, uh, will be murdered or tortured or, you know, both, um, and so, uh, you know, ceasefire, once again, always keep in mind a ceasefire for Islamists uh, means uh, that uh, it's just a brief period for us to get up off of the ground and reload. Uh, that's, that's all a ceasefire means. It's not, uh, it's not any kind of a bridge to peace. It's, it, there's no uh, seeking a, a, a longer or permanent truce. It, that's not the point. A ceasefire is to uh, reset and reload so you can keep fighting. And if you don't believe me, here's a statement that Hamas just put out calling for people around the world to mobilize. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They want more of the kinds of disruptions they are seeing that, like, just like we saw in the Vietnam War, like after Tet Offensive, right, where the Viet Cong thought that they had lost, but then they saw the response in the streets in America, and they were like, oh, well, all of these, all of these Americans think that that they lost, and so we'll just claim victory, right? And so the Palestinians are empowered. They are uh, supported, not Palestinians, the uh, Hamas uh, fighters. They are empowered by the support that they are witnessing around the world from Marxists and idiots and ignorant people, college kids, but I repeat myself. Um, And so they are trying to keep that going because they know that this hostage swap thing doesn't it's that's not a long-term solution and frankly they are probably going to murder all of the rest of the hostages at some point um it's just a matter of when because they can't you know they're 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 handing out i think what was the latest one i saw eight there were eight hang on a second there's a report um the final list of the 24-hour extension includes eight women and children captives as well as the bodies of three executed captives. And according to one report that I've seen here uh, that is based off of Israeli channels, um, the three executed captives are the Bibas family, which included a 10-month-old baby. And I'm sure this is going to be the Israelis' fault somehow to all of the Hamas apologists. Um, that's And so Israel is... Is ticked off because Israel was, uh, I think that was they were supposed to have like ten or twelve, and Hamas uh, is not giving them that. Oh, and also Hamas is honoring the ceasefire by uh, attacking a, a bus stop in Jerusalem and murdering three people there—two women and a man—at the bus stop in Jerusalem. That's how they honor their ceasefires. See, Hamas does not honor ceasefires; they they are they are short term. Uh, Lies is what they are. They are lies told in order to uh, regroup, reset, and reload so they can keep fighting and keep killing Jews. And this is why Hamas puts out this statement encouraging all of their uh, supporters, all of the uh, the members that are on Team Baby Beheading Rapists. Uh, they uh, want them all out into the streets, all around the Western world, all around these these free societies, these Western free market capitalist societies, they want them out there uh, disrupting, gluing their hands to the pavement in, in, ahead of the uh, uh, the Thanksgiving parade. They want more of that. They disrupted last night the lighting of the tree, I believe, in uh, uh, Rockefeller Center, maybe. Um, because, you know, they're Christians there. Because that's who they're fighting to or something. They were just trying to raise awareness, right, by... By fo- so the idea here is that you're now going to start antagonizing Christians at their, um, at their holiday festivities as well. Okay. The UN... This is from um, National Review. After weeks of silence on Hamas's October 7th crimes against women and children, United Nations Women... It's a, it's a group of the UN... Issued a definitive statement... Friday, that condemned the brutal attacks by Hamas. So better late than never, right, I guess. It took um, you know, what, seven weeks, eight weeks? But then they deleted it. They, they took it down. In a post on Instagram, UN Women initially denounced Hamas's attacks and said that it would continue to call for the immediate and unconditional release of all hostages. UN women then deleted the statement soon after it was posted and replaced it with another that omitted condemnation of Hamas. So they took it out. They posted, They posted a statement eight weeks later, seven weeks later, they finally got around to condemning Hamas and the attacks on women. And then they immediately took it down and replaced it with a watered-down version that did not condemn Hamas. UN Women has faced mounting pressure from Jewish women's organizations who say that the organization's response to the October October 7th attacks has been skewed at best. In October, UN Women uh, waited days to publicly comment on the attack, and when the organization did comment on the, quote, situation in Israel, it called for increased humanitarian aid and fuel for Gaza. It began to advocate for a permanent ceasefire immediately and said nothing of the violence that Hamas had committed against women. Which, if your organization is called UN Women, I'm thinking, mm, should be in your wheelhouse. Make a comment on that. What do you think? The UN's leading women's body is now spearheading its annual 16-day campaign to bring attention to gender-based violence. And so what they're chalking this up to is a mistake by their comms team, their social media comms team. They were managing multiple campaigns. It was a very busy time. They got their 16 days of activism, and we, we put that post up there, and uh, that was our mistake. And so we took it down, and then we fixed it and put it back up. After 50 days of silence on the mass rapes, mutilations, and murder of Israeli women, here is what they say. Quote, UN Women's Social Media Team had pre-planned days in advance of this particular post, but then the news broke on the uh, release of the hostages, and we really wanted to focus on that. UN Women has condemned the attacks by Hamas, and the de- well, but then they deleted it, and the deaths of Israeli civilians from the beginning, as well as called for the release of hostages. We will continue doing so until the conflict ends. We have also called for uh, all allegations of gender-based violence to be rigorously investigated, prioritizing the rights, needs, and safety of those affected. UN Women has made no other statements in support of Israeli women and children, barring occasional references to civilian deaths in the organization's many appeals for humanitarian aid to Gaza. So they keep making these appeals for money and support for Gaza, and then they'll throw in stuff about civilian casualties, you know, on both sides, you know, good people on both sides kind of a thing. And then there is... The U-N-R-W-A, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, U-N-R-W-A, UNRWA, I believe is how it's pronounced. Finally, we have countries that are freezing funding for this completely corrupted, co-opted group. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Camping and hiking supplies, even because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency in Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? National Review, Ari Blaff. Writes Germany announced that it would be freezing funding to the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, otherwise known as the UNRWA or UNRWA, a body specifically dedicated to Palestinian refugees. Amid reports that UNRWA uh, has distributed anti Semitic material, incited violence, and had alumni who participated in the October 7th atrocities in Israel. <gasps> no, really? The UN schools did that? They got people involved in their schools that, are, that were part of October 7th? Get this. One of the kids that was released, one of the hostages, the Israeli kid, I think he's like 12 years old. He's the one who says that he uh, was forced at gunpoint to watch the Hamas snuff films. They made him watch their GoPro videos. And they would use that as punishment if any of the kids cried or uh, were loud or what made any noises. They that was that was the threat of the punishment was that they would put you in front of this TV and they would put on all of their their murder videos. Um. He says he was kept at the uh, I believe it was he that was in the attic. He was kept in an attic away from all of the kids of the homeowner. So they stuck him in a house. The homeowner, uh, this Palestinian guy, I believe, um, I, well, I don't know anything if, 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 about his wife, but he, the, the man had like 10 kids, they were all downstairs, and uh, the hostage kid was up in the attic. And apparently, uh, the guy was a teacher at one of these schools. These are the UN schools. Berlin has contributed nearly a billion dollars to UNRWA in the last five years, making it the single largest donor to the agency, which has come under renewed scrutiny since the Israel-Hamas war began for its record of failing to prevent foreign aid from falling into the terror group's hands. Uh, this is coming from all quarters, by the way, in Germany. Max Lux of the Green Party said, quote, Not a single cent from Germany should reach teachers who glorify the terror of Hamas. Look. I've been talking about this for 20 years. They've been cranking out these kinds of educational products, these materials for Palestinian kids to consume. And that's been 20 years. That's what we're looking at now. you got two generations minimum that have been taught there is no better glory than to die killing Jews. They are trained in this. This is what they are steeped in. And the UNRWA is part of the reason why. Last Tuesday the European Union similarly moved to withhold 39 million euros from dozens of Palestinian nonprofits including UNRWA demanding the groups provide procedures and tools used to enforce the contractual obligations stemming from the restrictive measures and anti incitement clauses in the contracts. At least two of these NGOs have been accused by an official of engaging in quote incitement of hatred. Since Hamas invaded Israel on October 7th and massacred over a thousand people reports have emerged which suggest that at least 100 terrorists who participated in the attacks were graduates of UNRWA run institutions and over a dozen educators within the system celebrated the attacks on social media one of them Rawia Helles the director of a training center in a town in the southern part of Gaza applauded the depraved acts of Palestinian terrorists calling one operative a hero and prince for his actions. A U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, led an effort to cut U.S. funding to UNRWA after reports emerged that schools run by the organization were distributing anti-Semitic books to schoolchildren. The funding was, though, renewed under President Joe Biden. Meanwhile, in North Carolina, the Democratic Party tried to get a Jewish caucus going. They had met all the criteria to have a caucus. In the Republican Party, they call them conferences. In the Democrat Party, they call them caucuses. And so they wanted to set up a Jewish caucus, and they got blocked from doing so. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. The fallout continues, though. Um, it was a 17 no, 16 yes vote. But there were 17 abstentions. Because some of the top leaders in the North Carolina Democratic Party did not want to weigh in on it. And according to uh, the head of the Progressive Caucus, a guy by the name of Ryan Jenkins of Durham, he said that all of those abstentions would have been no votes. Or uh, Yeah, they would have been no votes. But they didn't want to go on the record opposing the creation of a Jewish caucus. So he's accusing the Democratic Party leadership of being cowards. And he said, if the Democratic Party caves in and does this, creates a Jewish caucus, then that's the end of the Democrat Party. We're not Democrats. We're the Jewish caucus. We're a Zionist group because they control everything. I'm wondering, are there going to be boycotts of the Democrat Party? Maybe progressive caucuses? He did apologize, by the way, to anybody who misinterpreted what he said. (laughs) I'm sorry if you got offended.